Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino, and we are here talking about another Steelers win, something that's been kind of a regular occurrence post-buy. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sports betting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets at our self-service kiosk or with a sportsbook representative. Then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Spread the word. Um, but Sundays, game day, I finish the late games and then I run down to my basement, chat with you guys for 15, 20 minutes or whatever, and what I saw at first blush, and then come back tomorrow after watching it a second time and all that. So I will miss some things, but that's okay. Uh, just watch the end of that the Raiders, who are coming to town next week, of course, um, beating the Patriots. Boy, I hope people are critical of Belichick. What on earth are you doing with that throw it back, throw it back, desperation, Stanford play when the game's tied in the last play of the game and Chandler Jones runs over Mac Jones for the touchdown? I mean, what is going on there? Anyway, the way we do this, um, speaking of old, <laughs> it's not a Patriot podcast, but Brady, the turnovers in the second half against the Bengals too. Holy cow. Anyway, so I have some notes going into the game. Just kind of get you in the mindset I, I get into sitting down and my lazy boy watching these. Uh, Miles Jack was inactive. Are we going to see a dose of Mark Robinson? And question mark, any splash plays by the inside linebackers? Uh, this is something I'll do postseason. But the combination of Spillane, Jack, and Bush, when you look at like sacks, tackles for loss, fumble recoveries, interceptions, it's like zero, 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 zero. Um, we did see a little bit of Mark Robinson, but uh, we'll check out snap counts tomorrow. He didn't make an impact. Um, so big question for me going into this game, who I thought was a big mismatch, was how do the Steelers' offense handle Carolina's defensive stars? Burns, Brown, Horn, good group of linebackers, Chin. The answer was really, really well. Obviously, the biggest key to the game, times a thousand, was can you st stop the, the Panthers' run game? Needless to say, that happened. How's Mitch going to play? Pretty darn good. We're going to get into more details here. You know, Who wins on special teams? Wasn't that big a factor, but punts were good. Big kick in the end. You know, uh, What are the Panthers going to do on third downs? Brutal third down team coming into this game. That pretty much held up. Are we going to see a lot of the Arby's package we had fun talking about? You know, a lot of extra offensive linemen from Carolina. Not so much. DJ Moore worried me in coming into this game. I mean, there isn't... I always lump him and Terry McLaurin together of... The world would think these guys are a lot better and as good as they really are if they really had a real quarterback for their career and not revolving doors left and right. And Moore was really good in this game. Um, I was real curious as well. I don't know if we talked about this on Friday, but Darnold's been really bad throughout his career versus Blitz. So when they do get the Panthers into throwing situations, would they be Blitz heavy or not? It's kind of 50-50-ish from what I saw first glimpses. It wasn't a, a, a real strong theme one way or another. But 50% Blitz on third is you know sort of a high percentage. And then I thought in a game like this, and I probably should have done more of this throughout the year, and we'll get to what the results were. Running attempt, rushing attempts plus completions is a big 
Bill Parcells thing. Like there's a magic number you get to rushes plus completions that more often than not ends up in a victory. So some good things here first. You know, I mean, the game started out really in the Steelers' favor. And, and I honestly thought it was a excellent first half of play for the Steelers. That's how they have to play, mistake-free, running the ball, but balanced. Steelers scored first. I kind of chuckled to myself because uh, I can't get over this. It can't be a coincidence, but it probably just is. Every game the Steelers have scored the first points they've won this year. Every time they haven't, they've lost. Uh, has to be something to that, and I'm going to ride that wave as long as I can. Um, you know, it, it, you know what kind of um, I have a play by play here. I mean, I, I take notes just about every play or every meaningful play, which is a majority of them. And I don't want to give you guys a play by play. You watch the game, but you know the, the Steelers scored for, first, and then the Carolina comes back to make it seven seven. And at that point, I had a little note here. I was like, hmm, DJ Moore worries me. But give Darnold credit. I thought Darnold was playing quite well. And, and overall, I thought he played a pretty good game. I mean, he was a pleasant surprise from that perspective. But at this stage of the game, we've been playing for a while. And I have a note here. The Panthers only have five rushing yards. They took a little bit of the Falcons approach of, we know that you know that you know stopping the run's a key here, so we're going to throw early as opposed to doing what they do. And... I think they have to regret that massively. Um, you know, and get the ball back, touch back. A couple notes I'm having here early, you know, just about second quarter. About the offenses, boy, Moore and Dotson together, left side of the line, very impressive in the run game, the way that they're playing off each other, run blocking. And also making notes that TV copy, but it looked like a lot of man coverage from the Panthers, which we expected. They're a heavy man team. They got two really good corners. But the Steelers, especially Deontay, were beating man coverage. And he's the Steelers' best, you know, man man coverage beater. And he has been for years. Uh, I made a note, too, that the defense was really penetrating. You know, Ogunjobi had two tackles for loss early on that were really instrumental in the start of this game. And Foreman, their best back, or now it might be leaning towards Chuba Hubbard, but Foreman's a bit of a momentum, take a while to get moving type guy. And getting him before he gets started is more important than against some backs. And they did a great job on that. Um, you know, kind of getting getting here into the deeper into the first first half and Watt gets a sack on third down and looked like Watt. You know, we saw glimpses of that last week. The you know, Ravens just didn't hardly ever throw putting bold another three and out for the Steelers D. Good stuff. I mean, just a really strong half of play. What I like to do, as you guys have listened, is what were the stats at halftime? You know, at this point, Mitch is 9 for 11, 97 yards. Darnold, 7 for 12, but he has 99 yards, touchdown. I, I thought he was playing pretty well. Rushing yards at the half. 81 for the Steelers, 14 for the Panthers. Ooh. 20 rush attempts versus 10 rush attempts for the Panthers. If you told me on Friday that the Panthers, no matter what the score was, only ran the ball 10 times in the first half, I would have never, ever believed you. And at that point, Najee has 10 carries for 48 yards. Foreman has six carries for three. Um, made it sound like DJ Moore's lighting them up. I mean, he didn't. They, they didn't do much on offense. But at this point, he had three for 34 and a touch. Steelers had 178 yards from offense and, you know, from scrimmage. Carolina had 104. 
but they had 17.27 of time of possession versus about 12.5 for the Panthers. And yards per play, they were 5.7 versus 4.5 for Carolina. Had 11 first downs versus 5 for the Panthers. And this ends up being noteworthy. I didn't know it at the time. Just one penalty for the Steelers for five yards in the first half versus five for 40 for Carolina. Well, that quickly changes. I mean, even the opening kickoff, they take a penalty. <laughs> but there's the, that's the drive. The 21-play the drive eats up almost 12 minutes of, of opening half time of possession. That's, you know, Johnson's playing really well, but he gets the uh, the taunting call in he deserved it. But you're seeing the penalties add up and the self-inflicted wounds. So, but it's 21-7 before you know it after a 21-play drive. And I'm thinking this thing's in hand. Don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, they're the better team. They're whipping up on them right now. And I am making a note here. Boy, they're killing the Panthers on first down when, when Carolina has the ball. And then Marcus Allen. I mean, I rarely go to this extreme. I would cut him. I mean, that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, I honestly was shocked he made the team. This isn't personal. I don't know him. He might be a wonderful human being. But he's been my least useful stealer basically all year. He never plays on defense. He's okay. He doesn't seem like a standout special teamer to me. And he's not even at the top of the team in special teams, you know, uh, snaps and whatnot. Some phases he is. He seems like a locker room distraction. I mean, who are you? I mean, you're really the 53rd guy, in my opinion. And you take this stupid, unsportsmanlike conduct in, your, in their huddle. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you don't even see this. And before you know it, it's 21-10. And I wrote all on Allen. It's not all on Allen, of course, but that can't happen. And this is the stage of the game where you're starting to get those butterflies in your stomach going, I've kind of seen this show before. Some self-inflicted wounds. This isn't going well. You're keeping this team in it when you were just crushing them for the majority of the game to this point. I wrote the note, are the Panthers just going to abandon the run? Well, it seemed that way. And then, you know, there's a couple little passes here in a row. You know, Darnold throws a strike to Moore for a first down. Then he hits Shai Smith down the seam. Then there's a fight, <laughs> you know, I mean, like you can see that they're getting under the Steelers skin a little bit. Um, they blitz Darnold and to his credit, he beats the blitz and makes a nice throw to Marshall defensive pass interference on Sutton. And I write, good Lord, the wheels are coming off. You know, we've seen this, but it's 21, 13 at this point. And at that point, there's 71 yards and penalties in the second half on the Steelers. So, because of that first drive of, you know, 21 plays, you're further into the game than you should, than you have. You put some money in the bank, some time, some possession time in the bank. And so I write, you know, there's 6.15 left on the clock. Steelers getting the ball back. They're up 21-13. And now I just said, now put this thing away. And they did. They came out with a six offensive lineman. Um, you know, they, there was a third and 14 where he hits Deontay, who of course stops his feet for a second, almost decides to go backwards, but then he gets a first and Boz hits a 50, 50 yarder, 24, 13, you know, phenomenal. Um, you know, at the end they get, they do get a field goal with 19 seconds left. Pickens falls on the onside kick and winner, winner. Majority of this was a very, very well played game by the Steelers, you know, considering where they're at as a team. 
So I will be back on the second half of the podcast here, and I'm going to talk about the final stats compared to you know the first half stuff. And then I have a handful of nuggets that I either found or uh, were on the internet, you know, just bouncing around. And then I have my stock up, stock down. So give me a minute. I'll be right back. So the Steelers win this 24-16. Trubisky ends up 17 of 22, 179. Very efficient. Darnold was 14 for 23, but for 225. I mean, considering what's been asked of him lately, I thought this was a, a positive for Darnold. A touchdown, no picks. Harris ends up 24 for 86. Rugged runner. Uh, touchdown, but a long of 10. I mean, so that, I mean that's his style. He's not going to break 20 yarders, folks. But Foreman was 10 carries for 9 yards. Rushing yards, 156 to 21. Johnson, 10 for 98 for Deontay on 10 targets. Every time the ball was thrown to him, it was caught. Remember these things. Deontay's a good player. Fryermuth, zero catches, zero targets. Peculiar. Uh, DJ Moore ends up 5 for 73 and a touchdown. Good player. When it was all said and done, 7 for 81 penalties for the Steelers, only 5 for 40 for the Panthers. But Steelers had 22 first downs versus 12 for Carolina. They were 12 for 16 on third downs. I mean, coming into this game, they were, what, five games in a row of being at 50% third down conversion rate, and this time they're hitting 12 out of 16. That's outstanding. While holding Carolina to 4 of 11, um, Steelers ran 68 plays compared to 43 for the Panthers. 43 is a very low number. Yards per play, though, I mean, they were basically identical. 4-8 to the Steelers, 4-9 for Panthers. Okay. I mean, this is not an explosive offense, and it's not an explosive running game. It's grinded out. Time of possession, though, 36-11 for the Steelers, 23-49 for the Panthers. Sacks, four for the Steelers, one for the Panthers. Red zone, this is promising. Three for three. Steelers, three for three in the red zone. Nice. Panthers, one for three. I told you about the runs versus completions stat, you know, the old Parcells thing. And what it really shows is, are you controlling the game the way you want to? Because rarely you're going to get a, a very high completion game, but a very low run game, you know, or very low rush attempt number. So runs plus completions. The Steelers had 62 of those. Panthers had 30. That's dominance. Zero turnovers total in this game. All right, my thumbs up, and I'm sure there'll be more. And some of these are pretty obvious. I think Trubisky's a massive thumbs up. I mean, he played extremely, extremely well, valued the football, made throws, very nice level of aggressive, but not too aggressive. Of course, the Steeler running game. I'm just going to call it the Steeler running game. I mean, I thought Warren and Harris were fine, but the blocking was excellent. And I'll give the peripheral guys, the Gunners and Boykins and Gentries that I can be hard on. Uh, that they they did well. Um, I thought the O-line as a whole was very, very good, but especially the left side, as I mentioned, especially in the run game. Dan Moore is a good run blocker. I mean, he's useful. He's just maybe, he's just not a prototypical pass-blocking left tackle. Deontay has to be a thumbs up. I mean, he's roasting good corners on out routes, slants, 
you know, consistently beating them. Third and eight, you need to play. Deontay's one-on-one. I'm going to hit him on an out. You know, he can be that kind of player. Pickens has to be a thumbs up, makes a big play or two, but he also blocks his ass off and loves it and is good at it. Boykin got a little bump. We'll talk about his snap count and showed pretty well to me. I liked on defense that the front seven star, well, the front seven and hole was really good, but the stars, Watt and Cam made splash plays. Mentioned Ogan Joby earlier, making two tackle for losses early and a strong, you know, showing overall. Uh, of course, the run defense is a massive thumbs up. I mean, they were phenomenal. I thought Highsmith did some good things against a good young left tackle. I thought he'd be a little quieter against Icky, and he played really well. Uh, Edmonds had some splash as well. I think that's a guy you got to keep. I mean, I really liked him as a blitzer in particular in this game. You know, some of these things reiterate the stats, but third down and red zone offense, certainly thumbs up. And I'll probably give the Panthers guys some more credit tomorrow. But as I mentioned, I thought DJ Moore and Sam Darnold both had strong outings. I mean, considering where they've been and, and what, you know, where they're at right now. Marcus Allen's a huge thumbs down. You guys know I'm hard on Spillane, but he lets up that. I mean, he just got exposed as an athlete against Hubbard as a man coverage player or even zone trying to keep up. But change of directions is not his specialty. That's for sure. Thumbs down, Fryermuth? Question mark? I mean, 10 weeks in a row, 12 weeks in a row, whatever it was, I just would always say thumbs up, Fryermuth. He's a star. Now, I know he has a foot. And he was in a boot on Monday and was limited during practice. And I guess they didn't need him. Maybe they wanted to conserve him a little bit. But he played a fair amount. Didn't know he was out there. Thumbs down, of course, second half penalties. So before we wrap up, I've got like five or six nuggets here that I dug up from, you know, either next gen or pro football focus as well as some snap count stuff. Snap count's more of a Tuesday thing for me, but we have some of them here. Um, the, the Panthers, I mentioned, have been using a lot of really heavy sets, you know, the RB package, extra O-line. But they only used it a couple ha- a couple snaps in the first half. I mean, really surprising considering how successful they've been bullying people. Didn't even try it, really. I mean, I, I think they're going to look at this and be like, who do we think we were? You know, I don't get that. Um, so here was the next gen stat of the game. George Pickens accounted for 68 and a half percent of the Steelers intended air yards in the first half, but only 16% in the second half. Deontay Johnson accounted for 80, 84.6% of the Steelers intended air yards in the second half versus 12% in the first half. It's pretty stark. I mean, it's pretty, con- I mean, that's pretty, <laughs> vastly different, obviously. I mean, that's a big deal. I don't look into it one way or another, but I thought it was extremely noteworthy. Um, this is two nuggets that I, I took from Pro Football Focus, but I don't quite trust the pressures stat because that's kind of, eh, we can call that a pressure or not, but I think it still you know holds up here in both cases because the, the eyeball test passes the stat test here too. So Highsmith, Hayward, Watt all made their presence felt in a big way is what they wrote. Highsmith Highsmith finished with two pressures, including a sack, while Watt had five pressures. That's a big number, by the way, including two sacks. Hayward had six pressures, including two sacks. So they pressured the quarterbacks 13 times between them. 
And I know some of them add up into one, but they combine for five sacks as well. On the opposite end, this is definitely one of the best performances we've seen from the Steelers line in protection this year. 23 pass blocking snaps, one pressure allowed. One. I mean, you can allow five on uh, each one of your O linemen can allow pressure. I mean, so one total pressure allowed in only 23 pass blocking snaps, but that's still Brian Burns and Gross Matos and a good young defensive line. Um, and here's my last couple nuggets. We can look into these however you want. There were 68 total offensive snaps at running back. Harris played 45, Warren played 23. That's pretty much been a two to one ratio all along. We saw Watt out there for nine, though. Yards per carry, though, 3-6, 3-5. 3-6 for Harris, 3-5 for Warren. It's not an explosive run game. It's a voluminous run game. That's my word now. So tight end snap count. Again, Friermuth, zero targets. But, I mean, they only threw the ball 23 pass blocking snaps. But still, zero targets for maybe your best guy. Um, Gentry played 42. Friermuth played 38. Connor Hayward played four. Wide receiver snaps. We saw more of a rotation here. Johnson's usually at 90% or so. He only played 50 out of 68, but he still led the team, of course. Pickens was right behind him at 45. Sims' number is at 30. I'm not sure if I'd say that's down or not, but I think his usage was a little down. Boykin being up to 25, though, was big. I mean, I don't know if you guys read my article last week, but things I want to see more of. Boykin. I mean, usually he's around... 8 to 10 snaps, 25 in this one, and blocking his butt off well. Gunner at 19. You know out of my feelings on Gunner. I, less Gunner, the better. But the fact that he was fifth in wide receiver snap count, not third, not fourth, eh, it makes me happy. Throw me a bone, you know. And here's the last little nugget here. Odd. And this, again, this is Friar Moose stuff. First time in Friar Moose's career that he did not record a catch or target. That was the third straight week that he has gotten a, redu a reduced role on first and second downs when the Steelers only had one tight end on the field. So in that situation, first or second down with only one tight end on the field, he was only out there for 15 of a possible 33 snaps. And Gentry was there for 15 as well, three from Hayward. I just think he's too good of a player for that. I mean, if it's injury related, cool. If it's any other reason, not cool. But cool game for sure uh i will be back tomorrow digging in deeper hope you enjoyed spread the word all that good stuff over and out